Hello, welcome to our episode of the Franchise Accelerator Podcast. I'm really excited because where we left off last week was year-end, kind of remembering it's November, it's hard yeah. to believe, we have like seven weeks left, it's, eight It's getting close. Yeah, pretty low. Um, so what we wanted to do as a follow-up is really talk about our challenge. So what came out of this on last week's episode was the idea of, wow, like there's a lot to do before year end. It's a crazy time, especially in the hospitality industry. A lot of people really don't know where they are. And so our challenge to you is to join our Margember movement. So Margember really came from the idea that people truly don't know where they are and people don't know where the industry is. And I think we were really lucky this year in April, we went out to the Restaurant Leadership yeah. Conference, which if anyone has ever been, it's amazing. But what's really cool about the Restaurant Leadership Conference is you sit in the room with the true industry leaders, right? right. People from the big chains, CEOs of the big chains, yeah. public companies are all there. And they're really all there to talk about what's going on in the industry. And what we left there with was, I think, what has really triggered a lot of what we've done this year, which was the idea that the hospitality industry has grown. So anybody listening to this who's heard that it's declining, it's not, I, I can know. tell you. It has grown 7% in 23. I looked it up yesterday, so that is true. 7% <laughs> in 23. And it's grown over 10% since 2020. So anyone who's out there saying hospitality is on a decline, that's not true. But the staggering statistic that I think motivated us to change our course as a company this year was that while hospitality is up 7%, the independents are down. That the independents are down 7 almost 8%. And what that tells me is there is an underlying battle going on that nobody is seeing. And to me, that battle is technology. That technology has changed customer behavior. It has changed, I mean, I can say it myself, right? I order my coffee on an app for Starbucks, <laughs> yeah. right? Which probably eliminates me going to an independent because it's easy for it's me easy. to click an order and my coffee's ready and I get to work like five minutes earlier than I normally would. So just that one example, it's not that I'm not going out to eat. Right. And that is the fundamental thing that I think is incredibly motivating to get that message out, but also frightening in how many people aren't seeing it. Well, I think like you said from the Restaurant Leadership Conference, and this was, you know, five months ago now, is the biggest things, the, the really the across the board, the large restaurant companies were talking about, well, using technology, talking about AI, they were talking yeah. about loyalty programs and, and social media, which is not new, right? We, but I think sometimes it's easy for an independent to throw their hands in the air and say, I don't have the marketing budget. I yeah. don't have the technology to have the same loyalty program that Starbucks or Panera rolls out. That's okay. Right. You could roll your own out. You could yeah. do something. And I think that's where we've kind of gotten to the point of we. Un everyone understands that you don't have the marketing budget that you know they have, yeah. but you do have your followers on yeah. Instagram and, and Facebook and and all these things. And I think that's the part is it's not that they're doing a better job. It's that sometimes some of the independents are kind of just saying, I can't compete and not trying to push forward. Yeah. Well, and I would argue are not even seeing the competition, right? They're not seeing this as a baseball game. They're still watching football, right? Like that's my fear is that, and you're kind of getting lulled to sleep by the industry experts that are telling you everybody's down. Right. Because not everybody's not down. down. That is not true. And I think by missing this battle, 
you are falling farther and farther behind where there's real solutions that can happen. And I think to me, it's seeing that our industry has never been one about industry average, right? Our our clients are all over the country. Right. So it really doesn't matter what's happening to New, in New York City no. to the guy in LA. Sure, there's some things that we can learn from, but your business is fundamentally a local business. The second really important part is the next generation, they're not at home making Kraft mac and cheese to save a dollar. Like, they're just not. Right. Yeah. They order out all the time, right? Well, and, that's, and I think that's the other part of it. Is there's still a lot of events we talk to that people fighting the third party and yeah. fighting the fees and fighting this. But that's where the next generation is on. Yeah. Like it or not, they're on DoorDash, they're on Uber Eats, they're on Grubhub, they're on whatever. And like you just said a few minutes ago, it's because it's easy. It's the yeah. Amazon effect. I can go over, I can order it, I can yeah. push a button. I don't pull my credit card out. I don't need right. to type my address in. Right. I don't need to fiddle around. I can do what I'm driving. Right. Right. Red light. Really. <laughs> order done. I'm out. Where. Yeah. The, the bigger chains have just embraced it. They're raising all their prices on third party. Yeah, so they don't care. They don't care. There's no margin loss. No. They're getting the same margin yeah. third party with essentially free advertising. Yes. And sometimes they're paying the credit card fees. So there's actually right. some other things that they're doing, but there's still a large group of people that are just have it in their mind that that's not what they want to do. And they're losing out. They're so losing out. Bigger than it's ever been. And that's where I think it's we have to find the battle we're fighting. And the battle we're fighting, if you're an independent, is everybody in the rest of the leadership room is talking about fewest clicks, most convenient, right. most visibility for that customer. They are not talking price point. They are not talking no. even menu offering. They are talking about getting in front of them, making being one click away from an order, and making sure it's as easy as possible. Where I think most independents, we're still stuck in this customer service, you know, I want to make sure I have a relationship with my client, where, like it or not, that next generation, they don't want to talk to anyone. No. I mean, I know I went to, you know, one of the big burger chains with my son the other night, and it's like, I didn't talk to anybody. They're probably They're nice. to give me They're a tip. Probably and I'm like, who am I even tipping? Right? I'm like hitting in a kiosk. But you know what? We, our order was perfect yeah. because it was the order I put in. Right. Right. One the payment method point. was easy because I just I didn't have to wait in line. Yeah. And the food came out right away. We like picked our own number for I mean in terms of ease of sure. ordering, it was it was great. I would definitely do that again. Nothing was lost. So I think just embracing this new world that we're living in is where we have to start yeah and we're not saying it's eliminating the sit down there's always going to be a segment where we're taking our family out to dinner it's a birthday dinner it's wherever and we're going to go eat at a restaurant we're not saying it's going away but you know you know i worked for a large restaurant a couple of years ago <laughs> and they were i had a curve on this six years ago they were talking about the competition like ann said the problem is a lot of our restaurants they don't realize who their competition yeah. is if you're a sit down restaurant whatever you are your competition still is the fast food restaurants. Your 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 your, your competition still is Blue Apron. Yeah. You're, you're anyone on DoorDash, anyone yeah. on these things, and I think that's a part of it. Is you're not realizing that you are against all these people now. Yeah. You need your piece of the pie in that. Yeah. Well, and I think the other part of that is saying, okay, let's accept it for what it is. And this is what I think. You know, drawing on your past success. Anyone listening to this today, 
you made it through COVID, right? right? You made it through the hardest time the hospitality industry has ever yeah. seen, right? So you've done this once. And sure, it's not fun to think, well, great, now I got to go, like, reinvent my whole business. Like, right. I just made it through a global pandemic. Like, when does it quiet out? Well, probably doesn't quiet it down for now, at least. Maybe not, you know, for a couple of years. But that's okay because we've done the transition once. I mean, we had clients, you know, driving across straight lines to, to make hand sanitizer. And let's figure out a new way to, to get our food in the hands of our customers because they can't come in the door. Well, it's the same battle now. Only now, I think a lot of times we're all of a sudden listening to, well, the industry's down. Hospitality's over. Right. Like, that's not it. The hospitality no. is not over. Yeah, not at all. I think it's just taking that same drive that you just talked about. I mean, and maybe not even to the same percentage. You were going 100% every yeah. day, figuring out, like you said, new ways. And I was in the restaurant during that time of how do you get food outside? How do you station new things? <laughs> but now, what's our process? What's our process? <laughs> Recreating everything we knew how to do and changing it. Yeah. We're not asking for that now. But we are asking to say, all right. Maybe in your restaurant, sales are flat, down, whatever. Okay. Start thinking about what you can do. And that yeah. doesn't mean 2024. That means now. That, makes that now. means the last, you know, like you know, seven weeks of this year to say, we're not going to just say 2023 is over yet. Yeah. And this is what we've done. Well, and I think we're going to open our mind to the bigger question of why our sales are down. Right? I think that's where we have to start to say it could be that your town is hit with, you know, recession, that is entirely possible. But I would also ask, could it be that the price increase you did recently was too high, right? Or that there's some level of pricing that your customer has just hit. And you see that in the big chains all the time. Right. But I think the difference in the big chains is, oh, okay, like I hit that price point, I want $20 a check average sure. or whatever it is, right? So let me be creative without backing down. Yeah. I'm not saying we have to go slash the price right. in half, but let me be creative. It feels like there's a little resistance to $20. Let me add something that's 15, a right. pasta dish for 15 instead of the, you know, meat protein dish that's 20. Right. Something that gives that customer options because there is some price sensitivity. But yes. my biggest argument to that is that doesn't mean that customers not going out to eat. Because I think everybody will agree that more people are eating out to eat, more people want a good experience, they're not going to go sit at home because they've done that for two years. Right. So you still have a bent up demand where hospitality is probably going to be the last thing they cut. But if your prices have hit that price point, they just might go somewhere else. Yeah, and I think you said it perfectly. Some of the big chains learn the hard way. I mean, I think if, you know, at least near us, I think we've seen a lot of like a TGI Fridays or Ruby Tuesdays go away. Yeah. And I think some of the problem was because of rising food costs, they were so bent on keeping a steak on the yes. menu or entree, and it became a $35 entree. Yeah. Well, it just didn't work. It didn't work. It's what they yeah. were. That's yeah. a burger place, that sandwiches, and if they would have kept in what yeah. their culture is, they probably could have survived it. Yes. But they didn't. They just kept saying, well, this is what the, the cost is. And at some point, someone's just going to go somewhere else because that steak they can get somewhere else is probably better than the yeah. one they were getting. No offense to those restaurants. Probably not as good as they could get somewhere else. Right. But there could have been something on their menu that you still could have offered to hit that margin. Yes. And I agree. I mean, when I was in college, when I worked in hospitality to make ends meet as right. I was playing golf, I worked for a local 
you know, kind of steakhouse thing yeah. that once they hit that same level right. of Outback, my sales were gone. Because people are like, I could just go to Outback. That's going to make a better steak. And they weren't wrong. But we were good knowing our, our place right. in the world, right? Like knowing our packing order, we did great. And then all of a sudden when it started to shift because of price, whatever, yes. all of a sudden now we're in trouble. Well, for example, is I haven't been there in a while, but I've seen a million commercials when I watch football games lately. Chili's. Um, you know, but like every time I'm watching, I see the burger, yeah. fries, and chips, chips and yeah. salsa, right? For like soda, like 12 yeah. bucks. I don't think it is. But think about that. Like they decided to kind of control their own narrative. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, it's irrelevant. <laughs> they are saying, we know we can do a burger for this price. Yeah. We know fries are cheap. We know a Coke is cheap. And we know chips and salsa are cheap. Yeah. So now we're going to push the heck out of this thing. Yeah. And we're not going to try to sell the the ribs, ribs anymore. Exactly. That forever was the right. ribs, right? Yeah. Came back ribs that you would. Yeah. Of. So they just changed their own narrative. And I think that's when we took some of our operators. Like, stop yeah. pushing the dish that doesn't work for you. Yeah. If the wings don't work, it's okay. Right. Yeah. But that's where I think the time is now to embrace this. Because otherwise, you know, I think going back to that COVID narrative, you're going to miss a year right. sitting around waiting for something that nobody even knows is the case. I mean, I read an article last week that there isn't a recession. So right. nobody knows. No. Nobody knows. <laughs> Anyone who tells you they know, nobody knows. And that's okay. But we can't keep moving forward. So, you know, that's where this idea of March Ember came to yeah. be, was the idea of we're not going to wait, right? We're going to take the last week of November, and we are going to find a way to celebrate your margins. And you might be saying, what margins? Exactly, right? right? <laughs> we are going to celebrate what your margins are now because at some level it's also remembering how well you've done, right? And you might say, wow, they're terrible. Wow, this is awful. But really, you've come a long way in the last three years. So some of Margember celebration really is saying, yeah. let's celebrate that, right? At some level you made some amazing decisions regardless of where you are right now. You made amazing decisions in the last three years, and you got yourself out of something that 25 to 30% of the industry didn't get out of. So that, on some level, says you're already a winner, but now we need to really break down what your margins are, which is why day one is going to be literally your piece of the pie. To say, I don't care what your sales are, I don't care what your rent is, we have to find a way to give you a piece of the pie again. And really, your piece of the pie should be 10% is what we yeah. believe. And I've had people say, oh, there's no way. Oh, this can't be. It has to be. Right. right. For you to sustain, that piece of the pie has to be 10%. And we have to make sure everything else fits within that. And it can work. We've seen it. We've seen restaurants that have either dropped in sales or if they're a little lower, make great money. And we've seen restaurants with sales like, wow, those are really good sales. How do you not make any money? Right. So I, and I've worked in restaurants with both yeah. that work, you know, really busy restaurants, $15 million a year, down to ones that may have been $1.5 million a year. Yeah. And, and, and different around the ranges. You can make money of it. You just got to know what percentage and how to get there. Well, exactly. And that's where I go back on drawing on COVID. Because there was a time where all of a sudden... Everybody had to go to weekly accounting and everybody had to find a way to make it work. And I remember having those hard conversations of like, tell me what my labor needs to be to get, the, to get this to break even. And all of a sudden you had a number 
And you know what? You made it work. You figured out how to make it work. And I think because of the uncertainty and all the craziest last years, we've sort of forgotten that. But there was a time that you were able to get it to work out. You knew what your sales needed to be and you knew what the cogs needed to be to get to make yeah. sure that you had money in your pocket. So that's day one. Day two is we are going to work on cash controls. <laughs> Which is important. Once you make the money, let's try to make sure it gets to where it's supposed to go. Exactly. So a little play on making a list and checking it twice. We are going to set up your daily cash process which is a really important thing before year-end because so many times when we get to year-end, I get the question of, well, how can you say I made money? I don't have cash in my right. bank account. But I think if we can look at that now before year-end, we want to make sure, first, what you're reporting as your net income is correct. And second of all, if it feels like you don't have cash in your bank, why? Right? Let's find that answer now rather than avoid it because it will only help us as we look to next year. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right, so then day three is we are going to look at our team. So kind of team dynamics around the holidays. The other reason for having Marjember be that last week of November was, okay, the holidays can be stressful. Right? We not say can. They're going to be stressful. <laughs> They're not going to be fun, right? You know, which is why we've created our own um, holiday character is yeah. not Santa, but Manta. <laughs> it happens to be Chris on our team. Um, but the idea is the hospitality industry is different for the holidays, right? Like we don't get time off. We don't get, wow. you know, vacations and all of that. I mean, you guys are busy until New Year's. So it's a really stressful time. But how do we keep Scrooge from taking over our team? How do we keep our, you know, energy up sure. and motivation and, and just make sure that we're proactive? If we know that every year everybody calls out on New Year's Eve, what can we do to fix it this right. year or make sure that we're in a good yeah. place? Well, I think it's more important than ever, more important than any other time of year to try to make your restaurant and your environment as fun as possible. Yeah. Whether it's candy, whether it's holiday breakfast, whether you know your staff, your team, what it might be. But there's just, again, they're, they're probably missing some sort of family event. Yeah. Some people might be happy about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, but, That's why I celebrate my <laughs> Right. You know, but I think it's a really, you know, thing to dig in and yeah. make sure those temperature checks with your team, you know, managers, you know, especially if you have less managers than you did yeah. on a prior year. Or new year, managers who never managers, walked through it. Um, or you're just short managers. Yeah. So someone's picking up the slack and maybe instead of having to work one of the holidays, they don't have to work Christmas Eve and New Year's yeah. Eve. What can you do for them to try to make it as best as possible? Yeah. Um, you know, even looking at in out times for the staff, you know, I think that's a big thing. Sometimes we, yeah, we want you to be open as much as possible. But if there's one of those nights that are super slow for you, Maybe it makes sense to close from a financial and team, yeah. you know, team uh, motivation sort of thing. So I think yeah. it's all that should be on the table when we're looking at those dates. Yeah, and I think the key of this, especially our Marjember challenge, which is having discussion now will help three weeks, four weeks from now when yeah. we're sitting two days before New Year's with no staff, right? So <laughs> anything we can do at the beginning of December will help us, you know, get through. And then day four is, I think, a very important one. We touched a little bit on last week at year end, which is the idea of ordering. That just from a cash flow standpoint, a planning standpoint, again, chances are your team is new or newer than right. it's been in the past. Do they know what they need to order? 
for, yeah. you know, the week before New Year's Eve or, or New Year's Eve itself. Maybe it's a special menu. Do they know how busy you get on New Year's or Christmas Eve or whatever it is? You know, having that discussion now, making sure we've planned it out dollars wise. I mean, we've had horror stories for people to say, oh, well, I thought this guy knew how to order and he ordered double. The fillets, <laughs> or not nearly enough. Right and now, it's New Year's Eve. You can't right. get a fillet, and now you're mad. Like, how did you order the wrong number of fillets? Well, how would you ever know? Right. right. This is a once a year thing. This is a very abnormal month for everybody. Yeah. So again, planning it, giving you steps to plan, working on a little par ordering, right. a little Mariah Carey playing in the background. It's going to be a fun day, but I think it it'll be, be a very be. informative day as well. And then the final one is really. Closing out the year, you know, both from a standpoint of, in some respects, it is what it is, right? There's not much we can do to change all of 23, but really making sure that we're focused on setting a great target for 2024, because there's no reason why, similar to COVID, I mean, you guys knew that 25, 30% of the industry was closing and you grew. I mean, most of our clients who fought and fought hard in those times, most of them grew during 2020. And I would say the same for, I mean, I've been in this industry since before 2008. And the same is true in 08, right? You had an element of people that didn't, but you also had an element of people that fought. And if there is a recession coming, if there is a slowdown, one thing's for sure is it's very hard for the big chains to pivot, right? It's very hard for them right. to change course. It's a lot easier for the independents, the independent restaurant groups, to change course if we're paying attention, which is where, you know, going back to knowing the battles we're fighting, knowing what we need to do, I really believe that there is market share to be had if done correctly in 24. Yeah, I think you're 100% right that it's, there's still time for this year. I mean, I think that's as much as we want to focus and forecast and look at 2024, we still have to remember that this year's not over. <laughs> it's the fourth quarter fourth and quarter. the game's not over yet. Like, sure. I think sometimes, like, people just, it's already so locked in, yeah. they forget that, you know, the top of their lineup's coming up in the ninth and it's not over. And then the other part of it is that, and I saw it, you know, through, like you said, the recession of eight is whether it's recession or whether it's any sort of dip. There's a lot of times that companies come back stronger yeah. because they, they make some moves now. They decide to look at their labor costs. They decide yeah. to look at their food costs. Let's really dial in. And then either maybe the recession has not happened or maybe yeah. it's not as bad as people thought. Or you get through it and now these systems are in place and sales start coming back. But because you built your systems now, you're in even better shape. And I think that's something also as, you know, if you're doing and said build your your pie to make money on these sales, well, when they start going higher again, yeah, you're going to flow more money exactly. because some of those things are not expensive are not going to come back. Exactly. So we really hope that you're going to join us for our Margember Challenge. It's useful information that we know can help you close the year strong yeah. and lead to an even better 2024.